Good morning. Um, I'd like to ask your indulgence to stand for the reading of God's Word. It's not in your bulletin, but it's something sometimes we do in the church just as a sign of respect before the Lord because God Himself is speaking in His Word. Today we're in the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 2, starting in verse 8. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. Pray that you would change us by your word this morning. In the name of Christ our King, amen. Um, This uh, shepherd's Christmas story. I mean, the very idea of shepherds usually kind of warms your heart. Um, I'm not sure it should. If you you were present at, um, at Eric's beautiful... Um, homily for Cheryl Lowry. Um, you learned a little more about what it means to be a shepherd. Shepherds in, in Jesus' day, they were both iconic and they were despised. Um, they were iconic because God himself is the shepherd of Israel and the greatest king, King David, was a shepherd As a shepherd boy, he struck down lions and bears, struck them down. And as king, he struck down the enemies of Israel. And God, in promises in his word, 
Ezekiel, that he himself will come and shepherd his people. And so Israelites, they absolutely love the idea of shepherds. Shepherds were like really cool, but not in person. Shepherds in person, like not so much. Um, shepherds, shepherds had a very difficult time keeping God's law because of the conditions that they worked in. It was just hard to kind of live the religious life out in the fields. And, and they certainly, they couldn't keep the Pharisaical law at all. Um, they had a reputation sometimes for being light-fingered. When shepherds would show up, things would go missing. Um, and they were tough. Oh, they were tough. They slept outdoors. They kept watch because flocks, I mean, sheep are not tough. They're helpless and they're dumb and they're willful. And because of that, they're just easy pickings for wolves and for lions and for bandits. And shepherds had to be able to drive off all three. They slept in turns through the night, watching, kind of on edge. It's that, you know, waiting for something bad to happen, living outdoors. They were rough, they were smelly, um, and they weren't trusted. And they're kind of a strange group for an angelic choir to come to, right? I mean, is there nobody else who wanted to hear an angel choir? You got to go out to the shepherds. But even weirder than them being the audience for this choir, I don't know if you noticed this in the reading. They are not just an audience. They are witnesses. Did you catch that? The shepherds are supposed to deliver a message from the angels, from God to Mary and Joseph. And then they leave and they bear witness outside to the rest of the world. This is kind of crazy because shepherds were not allowed to be witnesses in Israelite courts. They were not considered trustworthy. And yet God uses them as the witness of the birth of his son. They are the official witnesses. And as a sidebar that's not really a sidebar, shepherds are also the reason that people say that we know that whenever Jesus was born, he wasn't born in December. Because shepherds, don't keep their flocks and fields by night in the middle of the winter. We're also told that in the middle of the winter, the journey would have been too arduous, that they never would have declared that everyone had to return to their hometowns in the middle of winter, and you certainly never could have taken a pregnant woman all the way to Bethlehem. And we're told the Christians must have picked December 25th as the birth of Jesus because it coincided with a huge pagan festival called Saturnalia and Sol Invictus, the victorious sun. And so Christians were co-opting a pagan festival 
and Christianizing it. Have you ever heard any of this? <laughs> well, not in December. Um, so we know the date of Christmas was finally established officially by the church in 325 at the Council of Nicaea. Council of Nicaea. We're gonna say the Nicene Creed, which comes from the Council of Constantinople in 381. Council of Nicaea, where every man present, we're told, bore the scars from torture from pagans. Every man at the Council of Nicaea had decided to endure torture rather than to deny Jesus Christ. And so we're supposed to believe that these guys picked December 25th because it coincided with a pagan festival. They hated paganism. They saw it as death. They saw Christ as life. Matter of fact, December 25th was not, didn't just come out of the air in, um, at the Council of Nicaea. There was a guy named Hippolytus. This is going to get really nerdy, but if you hang with me, this is, this is really, I, I realize you're used to kind of nerdy sometimes here, but this is really, really nerdy. So hang on. There was a guy named Hippolytus who said that Jesus was born on December 25th. And the thing about Hippolytus is Hippolytus said that before pagans ever celebrated Saturnalia. So the date was around before the pagan festival. Now, Hippolytus was a disciple of this guy named Irenaeus who wrote a book called Against All Heresies. And it's a wonderful book, but it takes a while because it actually is against all heresies. He covers them all. And Irenaeus was a disciple of a guy named Polycarp. Polycarp was this wonderful Christian bishop who delivers a series of messages on the way to his martyrdom, which he could have gotten out of, but he clung to the name of Jesus as being more worth than life. And Polycarp was a disciple of John the Apostle. You've probably at some point, TV or something, been told that like Christianity is just something that was passed along from word to mouth and it's just, it's, it's like mired in like the fog and back in history. But this is not true. We have an unbroken chain of history from the days of the apostles till today. So whatever reason they chose December 25th, it wasn't because it coincided with a pagan festival. Now we also know Last night, in the brutal winter of Israel, it was 53 degrees in Bethlehem. 53. Woo! Don't know how I can go outdoors in that. It's been like that. Matter of fact, the people who told us that it was too brutal, the people who've written books about this have also gone over there and, and talked about how beautiful it was in the winter in Bethlehem at night. But the one thing that's true is that shepherds do not keep their flocks and fields by night in Judea in the winter, except for Bethlehem. 
the one place in first century Israel that you would find flocks and fields by night were outside of Bethlehem. Guess whose flocks they were? The temple. The flocks that were being kept for the sacrifices in the temple, the sacrifices that God had put in place to prefigure the lamb who would one day come and take away the sins of the world, those flocks were kept in the fields of Bethlehem by night. It was those shepherds who were keeping God's flocks in the field. And God was sending his angels to say, I'm bringing it to a close. Your job is almost over. It's the same thing he did to Zechariah earlier in this gospel. Sent the angel Gabriel to Zechariah saying, it's coming to a close. Your son is announcing the coming of the king. The reason why this matters to me, and it should matter to you, is that the world wants us to believe that Christmas is a fairy tale. It's a sweet fairy tale. It's something that warms our hearts. It's something that no one should be offended by. The world wants us to believe that this is just something mired in the past and, and it's just there's no way we can really know for sure what happened. Because the idea that God would come from heaven to earth, take on human flesh and dwell among us to die for our sins, it's a scandal. It is a crazy idea. It absolutely blows apart this idea that God is far off and separate. God is among us. His name is Emmanuel. God with us. That, gee, that this baby in a manger is God in the flesh. That he's come for us. That it's a rescue operation. That we're not trying to get to God. We couldn't. We could, I can't, I'm not allowed to go this way because the speakers go crazy. All right. The, we want to get to God, but we can't do it. So he came to us. He came to us. It's a rescue operation. We're stranded. We're hopeless. Guys, most people in Israel didn't believe anymore. They had given up hope. Zechariah and Elizabeth had not given up hope. It says they're awaiting the consolation of Israel. These shepherds, apparently they hadn't given up hope either. Because they heard the angel's words, they went to Bethlehem and they praised God for the rest of their lives. But it's easy to give up hope. They lived in a hopeless time. Look. God does not care about scandals. God's all about it. 
the witness to the birth of his son are shepherds who can't give testimony in a court and the witness to the resurrection of his son are women who cannot give testimony in a court. God does not care what skeptics think. We care what skeptics think. We desperately want to be liked and accepted in a world that says we're crazy. Guess what? Outside of the gospel, you're crazy. God sends his son and it is an absolute scandal. And if you're here and you're a skeptic, I love you. I've been in the place where you're at. But facts don't care about atheism. He came. He came. And the other point here is that God showed up. Their labor was not in vain. The labor of the shepherds for generations upon generations, caring for the lambs of the temple, it was not in vain. The labor of Zechariah and Elizabeth was not in vain. All the people who believed when the prophetic voice in Israel ended for 400 years, their belief was not in vain. God kept his promise. God sent his son from the garden. Friends, this promise started in the garden. This promise came to the very first human being. The seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. That's the beginning of the promise. And if he kept his promise then, I promise you he will keep his promise now. Because Christmas, Christmas never comes in a time of, I mean, you listen, I've been listening, you know, listening to lots of Christmas music, you know, tons of it over and over again. Okay, on my Pandora feed, sometimes it's the same song sang by another person. You know, here comes Santa Claus, you know. And, you know, what, what does the world want? The world wants this happy, clappy, wonderful Christmas. Yeehaw! Do you ever notice that Christmas usually isn't like that? Christmas is hard. There's people who've gone home that we miss. There's sickness, there's struggle, there's finances, there's difficulty in our relationships. And pretending like things are happy, clappy, that we don't struggle with sin and we don't struggle with difficulty in this world, it doesn't help. What helps? A trust in God's Son. A trust in a God who keeps his promises. If you are here and you're a child of God by faith in Christ Jesus, you do not have to deny that things are difficult at times, sometimes crushingly so. Why? Because the hope of Jesus Christ who really came and will really return and who really will take us to his side on the other side of the veil when we die, all of those promises, those are real. Those are what we cling to. 
God's past grace where he kept his promises and sent his son, are pro, are, that's the guarantee, that's the anchor that his future grace is solid. And this is, this is real. Christianity, J. Gresham Machen said, Christianity of all religions is a historical religion. Everything rises and falls on history. No other religion is like that. Because it's all about these events. Beginning with the birth of a baby, going to the resurrection of a Christ, and ending with the return of a king. God kept his promises. I want to tell you also, um, there's no way we can prove that Jesus was born on December 25th. There's no way. What we can say is that all the people who had far better access to that information than we said it was December 25th. And we know that Jesus came in history. And so tomorrow morning, it is not inappropriate at all to wake up and say, thank you, Lord, for keeping your promises in Jesus. Thank you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we rejoice in the birth of our King, your Son. We thank you for the goodness that you have poured into our lives through him, and we cling to his promises of forgiveness, restoration, presence with us, and his return. We praise you in the name of our King, Jesus Christ. Amen.